God bless you. This is Pastor Gavin Taylor, and I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast. It is my prayer that you will enjoy this message. May God richly bless you, and I want you to never forget you are blessed and you can't be cursed. Amen, amen. Okay, everybody's good? Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now, you know, um, God really spoke this to me. And um, I think this is so important. And I want to talk to you guys today about never quitting. You know, and I I entitled this message, Winners Never Quit and Quitters Never Win. You know, you have to, you know, I got it up there. Good. (laughs) Winners never quit and quitters never win. See, if you ever want to win in life, you can't quit. See, too many people, you know, they they become losers, not because they don't have the goods. It's because they quit before they give themselves an opportunity to be successful. They give up right before, oftentimes, they they reach success. You know, every time I think about stuff like this, I recall this... um, this meme that I saw on Facebook. And it was this, this guy that was digging for diamonds, right? And here he is, he's digging, he's digging, he's digging. He's almost there, you know, you can, cause you can see on the other side and it's like maybe one or two more hits and he's gonna hit pay dirt, right? It's like right on the other side, you see all these diamonds. But the guy, you know, he just puts his shovel on, his pickaxe on his, on his shoulder and he turns around, he's walking away. And it's like, he's right, he's right there. I mean, he's right, he's right there. And, um, and I'll tell you this, you know, that, that is oftentimes how the devil works. Right as you're at your brink of breakthrough, right as you're right upon it, the devil will try to discourage you and try to convince you you're wasting your time. It ain't working. You might as well just quit. You might as well give up. And a lot of people, I believe, have walked away from God's great blessings because they gave up too soon. So today, that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about never quitting. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, this is what it says. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and in the Amplified it says, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness. See, we have people right now, family members, loved ones that have gone on before us. And um, they are like standing at the banister railing of heaven, looking over. And they're applauding us. And they're saying, don't quit. Don't give up. Keep pressing, you know. Because they have made it in. And they, and they see that, you know, when you don't quit, you'll make it, you know. And, and see, I love that. It says, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness. They know how faithful he is. And they're saying, don't give up. I know it's hard. I know it's rough. I know it's tough right now. Don't give up. And it goes on to say, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. So, you know, in other words, you can't have baggage on you. If you want to run your race with precision, if you want to be, if you want to, you know, not be weighed down. You got to strip the weights off. And also the sin. I don't want to get into that today because that's not my message. But it says take all that stuff off of you so you can run unencumbered. And let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. Now, this is, I love this part. And he amplifies, it says, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus. See, look away from everything that will distract you. See, whenever the devil tries to attack you, it's just a distraction. He's trying to distract you. Every time he loses an assault on you, it's to distract you. It's to cause you to lose focus. You're supposed to be running forward, and then he tries to, he, he throws something over here, or he does something over there, and he tries to get you to take your eyes off the, off the prize. And that's why he says, Look away from everything that will distract you. Stop looking at that stuff. Stop paying attention to what the devil is doing. Stop worrying about defeated foes. The devil is defeated, and and here you are worrying about him. You know, you're paying attention to everything he's doing. 
And he's saying, you know, look away from all that will distract you and focus your eyes on Jesus. See, stay focused. See, that's, see, that's what happened with Peter, right? Here he is, you know, Jesus is walking on the water. And Peter and all of the apostles, they see him, you know, and they're like, it must be a ghost, you know, and they're frightened, you know. And Jesus says, don't fear, it's me. And he said, Peter says, well, if it's you, then let me, then tell me to come out there to you. And Jesus says one word to him, come. And Peter gets out the boat, starts walking on the water. <laughs> I mean, he's walking on the supernatural. He's doing what no other man has ever done with the exception of Jesus. He's walking on water. And I don't know how long he was, he was up there on that water. Could have been 30 seconds. It could have been a minute. I don't know. But he's on the water. He ain't see walking. And then what happens? He gets distracted. The same storm that was happening was already happening. It wasn't like the storm just started. It, been st it had already started. But he took his focus off Jesus, and he begins to look at the storm. He begins to look at the waves. He begins to look at the, you know, the sky and stuff like that. And he gets distracted. And the moment he loses focus, he begins to sink. And see, that's what the devil wants to do. See, he wants you to cause you to lose your focus because he knows the moment you do, you'll begin to sink. That's why he says, look away from everything that will distract you. He's saying, I don't want you to sink. And if you stop looking, if you look away from the distractions and you focus your eyes on me, you won't sink. You'll continue to walk on the supernatural. You'll continue to stay afloat on that water if you focus on me and stop worrying about what the devil's doing. Well, so-and-so said this. This person said that. They did this, you know. All distractions. All distractions. Devil trying to get your eyes off, off of Jesus. So he can begin to make you sink. So he says, look away from all that will distract you and focus your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the beginning and the end, right? He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the first and the last. And it says, it says, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal that was set before him, he endured the cross. See, what, what, what the Bible is trying to tell us to do is, I want you to focus on what Jesus did. See, Jesus came here to be our perfect example. He, he, he didn't just come here to die for our sins. He came here to teach us how to live this life. Do you know that as long as he was here, he was not functioning as God. He was 100% man here on earth. Even the miracles that he did. They were not because he was operating as God. It was because the Holy Ghost that was on the inside of him performed miracles. And the same thing will happen for us if we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit in that way. That's why he said, greater works will you do. So he was a man, 100%. And when we look at everything that Jesus had to go, he says, see, I want, I want you to look at Jesus and see how focused he was. Right? Here he is. He comes to his own. His own receive him not. They don't want anything to do with him. They reject him. He's betrayed by a good friend. Here, see, all of these things are distractions. But see, he's not allowing himself to lose focus. You know? All of the stuff that's happening around him, he doesn't focus on that stuff. He's, he's, he has a joy that's set before him. And the Bible says, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal that was set before him, he endured the cross. See, he was willing to go through the punishment, the shame, the betrayal, the hatred, everything he had to go through because he had a goal that was set before him. See, if what you have in front of you is not greater than what you're going through, you'll never reach it. And that's why you got to stay focused. See, Jesus had a goal. He had a focus. That's why I, that's why I always say that he didn't go to the cross. He went through the cross. Because the cross was just, it, it was something that he had to go through. It wasn't something that, that wasn't his final destination. His final destination was being seated at the right hand of the Father. 
See, that was, see, see the, that was the, the goal, being seated down at the right hand of the Father. And then having paid the price for sin, all of us here today could have eternal life. That's the ultimate goal of Jesus. And so he says, I'm, re- I'm willing to go through that. See, I'm willing to go through the cross. I'm willing to go through the betrayal. I'm willing to go through the shame. I'm willing to go through whatever I have to go to because I know that what I'm going to is greater than that. And because of that, I'm not going to quit. Now, I don't want to do this. Don't get, it, don't get it wrong now. Father, if there's some other way, let's do it some other way now. If we can accomplish this goal some other way, let's do it that way. Now, if this is the only way that it can be done, then, then let your will be done. We'll, that, we'll have to do it that way. So don't make it, I don't want to make it seem like he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm ready. You know, like, I, don't, I don't want to make it seem like that. He wasn't sitting around getting happy about going to the cross. <laughs> but, what he was, but he was willing to go through all of that so that he could get to the real destination. The goal that was set before him for the for the joy that was set. See, everybody has to have a future joy. You know, like for the joy of becoming a doctor, somebody goes through 12 years of school, whatever. You know, They don't want to go to school. But they're saying, you know, for the joy that's set before me of being that doctor, I'm willing to go through to that school. You know, and some some has to see whatever you're going Two has to be greater than what you're going through. And you got to start focusing on that. If you don't, then you'll quit. Who for the joy of accomplishing the goal that was set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame. And as a result of that, he has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I love that. And it says to us, just consider and meditate on him. See, we have to see whenever you start going through something and you start wanting to give up, it says, just take a moment. I want you to just consider and meditate on him. Who endured from sinners such bitter hostility against himself. And it goes on to say, consider it all in comparison with what you have to go through. See, see, in other words, consider what Jesus had to go through. And then look at what you have to go through. I'll tell you right now, there is absolute no comparison. There is no comparison to what Jesus went through and what you have to go through. So he says, consider it all in comparison with what you have to go through. And if you don't do that, it says, then you'll grow weary and you're going to faint in your minds. If you don't stay focused on what you have, what you're going to, instead of what you're going through, you're going to lose focus. You're going to begin to to sink. So we got to stay focused. Bless you, Apostle. Apostle, love you guys. Bless you. Thank you for for being here. So I put here, you know, the only way to stay focused in life is to look away from everything that will distract you and to fix your eyes on a target. So you got to fix your eyes on a target. That target for us is the Lord Jesus Christ. We must focus on the fact that he completed his race by staying focused. And now he's been exalted to the highest position that has ever been created. He's now seated at the right hand of God as the undisputed king of kings and lord of lords. And I put here, see, his victory shows us that if we're willing to go through what we have to go through, we will receive the promises of God. Got to be willing to go through what you got to go through. And you got to stay focused. You can't be distracted. Stop letting the devil distract you by what he's doing. Every time he throws something at you, it's a distraction. Have you ever, you know, I tell you how easily people get distracted. See that door just open, everybody turn their head. (laughs) That's how quick people get distracted. And so it becomes very easy. The devil just does a little thing and you just lose focus. (laughs) 
So you got to stay focused, man. You got to stay focused on Jesus. You got to stay focused on the goal that's set before you. If you don't do that, you'll quit. See, Jesus went through all of the cruel treatment, all of the abuse and torment. Then he went through the cross. And again, I didn't say he went to the cross. He went through the cross. After he went through the death of the cross, he was raised in great triumph, and now he has made it to his destination. And I put here, see, if we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll make it through our promised land. See, again, yea, though I go through, not to, through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll feel no evil, right? Because you're with me. See, I'm going through it. I'm not going to it. See, uh, see people, they, they park in the valley of the shadow of death. They, they, they're going through something, and they park right there. Don't let the valley of the shadow of death become your home. You see, it's a shadow. That's one thing I want you to understand about the, the, this valley of death. It's not the valley of death. It's the valley of the shadow of death. And I say that because shadows always appear larger than what they actually are. And so you're walking through this valley of the shadow of death, you know, and you see all of this craziness happen around you. And Jesus is saying, just stay focused. Just keep going through. Because if you keep going through it, you're going to finally make it through it. And you're going to get into what I really have for you. The destination is not that place. The destination is a promised land. Can you say amen? And again, you know, the promised land is the focus. The valley of the shadow of death is the distraction. You see, the enemy wants to distract us with the trials of life. He wants you to look away from your goal and focus on everything that's happening around you. He knows that if he can steal your focus, he can stop you from reaching your destination. And that's why you need to stay focused. If you stay focused on the promised land, you'll make it through the valley. If you make it through the valley, you'll make it into your promised land. Now, again... If you don't do everything that I'm speaking of right now, you'll grow weary, you'll lose focus, you'll begin to faint, and you'll eventually quit. Again, that's the purpose of all the distractions. That's all distractions are for. It's to steal your focus and to get you to quit. And I put here, see, quitting is the only thing that can stop you from receiving God's promises, and the devil knows that. That's why he's working overtime to distract you. He's trying to trip you up as you're running your race. And this is the key. You see, you know when most people fall? You know when most people fall? When they're not watching where they're going. <laughs> most people trip and run into things when they're distracted. You know, you ever, you've been walking, you get distracted, you look over here, you almost run into a pole? I won't say I ever did, but it sure does hurt. <laughs> you know, you, now you're distracted. You know, you're running. You fall or you trip over something, you know. See, that's the purpose of distractions. See, the devil wants you to trip and fall. Stay focused. Look at where you're going. That's why the scripture says, turn not to the left or to the right. Stay focused. Can you say Amen. All right, let me keep on moving here. Turn your Bibles, Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Because I want to talk to you about, again, okay, never quitting. Never stopping what you're doing. See, the enemy wants you to distract you because he wants you to stop doing what you're doing. And Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9, a very familiar portion of Scripture. It says there, be not deceived. God is not mocked. See, he will not be made a fool of. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And see, I want you to understand something. See, determining what you would seed to sow and not to sow is one of the most important decisions that you can ever make in life. Because you're going to reap a harvest of whatever you sow. And it goes on to say, For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Now, that's what I wanted to get to. And let us not be weary 
and well-doing. See, here you are sowing. You're sowing good seeds prayerfully. God's sowing good seeds, you know. And, you know, he says, don't be weary in well-doing. You're doing right, you know. Keep sowing your seeds. Believe in God, right? Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. See, that's the caveat. If and only if you don't faint, you will reap. Now, there's a couple of real keys to this scriptures that really teaches us about, you know, how to reap harvest. Now, first is understanding this. You will only reap what you sow. (laughs) Apple seeds will never produce oranges. You will only be able to reap what you sow. And that's why you got to be very careful about what seed you're putting in the ground. Because whatever you're sowing, eventually, is going to start coming up in your life. That's why you can't talk trash out your mouth. Because every word you speak is a seed. You can't be talking about you're a loser and that you're nothing and that you're nobody and that you can never make it and stuff like that. You can't be talking that mess. Sooner or later, you're going to start seeing that stuff come up in your life. It'll be the weeds in your life that are hindering you from moving forward to what God really has for you. You got to speak right things. You'll only be able to sow, I mean reap what you sow. Also understand this, whatever you sow, you're going to reap it in harvest form. In other words, it's going to be greater than the way that you sowed it. And that's why it's extremely important for you to only sow what you want to reap. I always tell people, they start talking that trash to me. Do you really want that? Is that what you really want? Because you're going to have it if you keep on speaking that stuff. You keep on doing certain things. You keep on speaking certain things. You're going to have a harvest of that. Right now, see, what people don't want to talk about is that right now, we we are living in, right now, all of the seeds that we planted yesterday. That's what your life is. See, you want people want to say, oh, it's the devil. Oh, it's, you know, my lot in life and all this stuff, you know. We are living right now out of the harvest of the seeds that we planted. If you are broke right now, you sowed into that. If there's an area that I was was preaching on this the other day, I said, you know what? Pain in a person's life is the proof of disorder. Whenever you have pain in your life, something's out of order. Something's not right. But pain is not an enemy. Because pain is really the proof that an enemy exists. So if you got pain in your finances right now, your finances are out of order. If you got pain in your marriage, your marriage is out of order. Whatever you're having pain in right now, something is not in order. Something is not right. It's not lining up right. See, if that bathroom was out of order, you wouldn't be able to use it. (laughs) It wouldn't work right or it wouldn't work at all. And that's what happens in people's lives. They do things and their life is out of order. And as a result, they're not working right. Things are not happening the way that they should happen. And then they want to blame the devil for it. Now, again, we're, li- we're living off a of harvest right now. Why are you blessed? I've been sowing for that. <laughs> I've been sowing for years. Trusting God for that. That's how. It just don't happen. It just don't happen. I, 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 told, I, just, I told everybody. God loves everybody in this room right now. Equally. See, God's love is unconditional. But God's blessings and favor, they have conditions. God loves the man that's on death row, killed a thousand people. He loves him just as much as he loves me and loves you. Don't, there's no, I mean, God's love, he is love. It's not that he loves, he is love. So that's all he can do. But now, don't think that that man going to be getting a whole lot of blessings in favor of God. 
He ain't going to be living in the overflow of God, killing people. (laughs) But he'll have God's unfailing love. And if he ever repents, God will accept him. But don't think he's going to be walking in God's favor and blessings while he's doing that stuff. And don't think that you can do your thing and walk in God's favor and bless. You can't live like the devil and then get blessed by God. All right, see, nobody want to talk about stuff like this. Because, see, it makes me, it makes, see, it puts it on me. See, as long as I can blame the devil, you know, as long as there's a scapegoat, you know, it's the devil, you know. You know. So I said, you know, walk outside right now, devil be sitting on the fire hydrant, be like, well, he's crying. What's wrong with you, Mr. Devil? You okay? <laughs> All of those Christians, they're always blaming everything on me, you know. You know, it's choice, not chance, that determines destiny. Our choices. All right, let me keep on moving. So you guys not happy with my message. I'm just going to have to keep on going with this thing. That's all right, because I'm going to keep preaching it anyhow. (laughs) And see, I put here, see, it's extremely important to only sow what you want to reap, because sowing and reaping can work for you or against you. Now, the second key is this. You need to understand that seeds take time to grow. You must allow time for your harvest to come your way. Therefore, if you want to reap your harvest, you must not allow yourself to get weary or become discouraged in doing good. Or do not get discouraged while you're in your sowing and waiting period. For at the proper time, or when the waiting time or period has elapsed, you will reap. Of course, if you don't faint. And I put here, see, the key to reaping is not to allow yourself to become discouraged while you're sowing and waiting. See, the devil will continue to try to discourage you. You're wasting your time, man. You know, what you're praying for? What are you giving for? You know, what you're going to that church for, man? You're just wasting your time. It ain't working. You know, it ain't working for you. Obviously, look at your life, man. You know. You gotta give time. See, nobody, no, no farmer, you know, will plant a seed today and then be mad because he ain't getting no harvest tomorrow. <laughs> he knows that it takes time. And see, seeds, they always grow down first to develop a root system. And then they grow up. And see, and that just shows you that, see, God is doing a work underneath that you're not even aware of. He's doing something that you can't even see right now. And you think nothing's working. Because you ain't seen nothing grow up yet. But it got to grow down first, develop that root system, and then it'll begin to spring up. And while that's happening, you can't become discouraged. You have to have enough faith to know God's doing something. And if I keep trusting God, I keep sowing the right seeds, harvest time is going to come. Now, this is the key, you know. (laughs) Never forget this. Faith is the key to receiving promises. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And see, when you allow discouragement to set in, you stop trusting and believing God. And when that happens, you're one step away from quitting. And again, that's the only thing that can ever stop you from reaping your harvest. Quitting. Never forget, you will reap if and only if you don't become discouraged, you don't give up, and you don't faint on God. You can't quit. See, again, that's the only thing that can stop you from reaping. Again, the devil knows that. That's why he throws the discouragement at you. He wants you to quit because he can't stop you. He can't stop you from getting blessed. You're blessed. You can't be cursed. But the only thing that can stop you is you. Giving up. Quitting. Ah, just This ain't working. All right, let me give you some more scriptures. You don't like to hear me talk about this stuff. I'm going to give you some more. Turn to Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And see, this is my theme. Never, never quit. 
Never stop. Never quit. Never stop. In Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8, I love this. See, this is Jesus teaching. I love to hear Jesus teach. I love to read about that. I get blessed. And it says, now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make the point that at all times they ought to pray and not give up and lose heart. I'm reading the Amplified Version. See, at all times you should pray. Never give up. Never stop praying. See, the first thing the devil wants to do when he tries to discourage you is he tries to stop you from praying. You're wasting your time, man. God ain't listening to you. That's the first thing he tries to do. Tries to get you to quit praying. And he says, men at, a, at all times, they ought to pray and to never give up and lose heart. And then he says, in a certain city, there was a judge. And this judge, he didn't fear God and he had no respect for man. <laughs> and he said, there was a desperate widow in that city. And she kept coming to him and saying, give me justice and legal protection from my adversary. And the Bible says, for a time, he would not. But later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God, can you believe that? This guy says, even though I don't fear God and I don't have any respect for man. He said, yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will give her justice and legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will be an intolerable annoyance and she will wear me out. <laughs> this unjust man says. I don't care about God. I care nothing about man. But this widow woman, she's wearing me out. She won't leave me alone with her request. She keeps coming to me. Now, I'm not giving this, her justice because I fear God. I don't fear God. I'm not giving her justice because I care anything about man. I don't care nothing about man either. He said, but this woman is wearing me out. She keeps coming. So I'm going to give her what she's asking for so she'll leave me alone. And then Jesus says, then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Listen to this guy. <laughs> and he says, and will not our just God defend and avenge his elect, his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay in providing justice on their behalf? I tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly. He goes on to say, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find this kind of persistent faith on the earth. See, that's it right there. Will, will, will he be able to find this type of persistent faith? See, it's, it takes persistence in order to receive from God. You have to be persistent. You can't be one that's going to, you know, give up because you didn't get it right away. You got to be persistent. You got to be persistent and you got to be consistent every day. I have things that I've been praying for, for, you know, for years. And then they start coming to pass. But I didn't, I didn't let go of them because I didn't see it right away. So, you know, I always say that, that faith is like a lasso. It's like, you ever seen cowboys? They're like, and that's like what you're doing. When you believe in God, you be like, Father, in the name of Jesus. And you're like, I'm believing you for his supernatural miracle. And then you lay hold of it, right? It's like this lasso goes to heaven. You lay hold of that thing, right? And then every day, you start pulling it to you. In the name of Jesus, I'm believing God, you know? I always mess around, and I say, you know, you know, Minister Latoya, you know, one day she said, I'm believing you for a Holy Ghost man of God. And she's, I'm believing you, you know? And then she said, and she lasso Chaz, you know? And Chaz is somewhere, you know, she's in East Orange, she's in Newark or wherever, you know. <laughs> she starts pulling it. In the name of Jesus, I'm believing you for a Holy Ghost man of God, you know. And then one day he came up, hey, baby, how are you? <laughs> That's how it is, man. Faith is like a lasso, man. You got to, you hook that thing, and then by faith you begin to pull it in. Every day, you water it. In the name of Jesus, I believe I receive, you know, whatever it is you're believing for. <laughs> Anybody looking at chest? <laughs> now, Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11. See, Jesus says what? Ask and what? And, and see, I like it. And amplify, it says ask and keep on asking. And it will be given to you. 
Seek and keep on seeking, and you'll find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open. For everyone who keeps on asking receives, and he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, it will be opened. So you got to ask and keep on asking. Not just one time. Keep on asking. You got to keep on knocking on that door. You know, you got to keep on seeking. You don't just do it one time. Well, I gave. <laughs> you don't just give one time. You know, I've been sowing financial seeds since I was in my 20s. And people look at my life today and say, oh, man, you're blessed. I've been sowing for a long time. I've been sowing for years now. This ain't just happened overnight. I've been sowing for a long time, and I don't care what's going on in my life. I've always given my tithes and my offerings. I don't care what's happened. No bill, ain't, got, ain't no bigger bill than the bill I got with God. I pay my tithes and offerings no matter what's happening. My tithes, my wife and our tithes are still the first ones in this church. And we're, without a question, the biggest tithers in this church. Ain't no question about that. But you think, oh, you know, he got that. He got this. He got the other thing, you know. That ain't happened overnight. I struggled for many years. Trust and believe in God for many years. Like struggling, man. But I was believing God. You know, I, I trust God's word. Kept, kept giving. Kept, kept giving my t- And then one day, phew, it's like, you know, in Ecclesiastes, it talks about, it's a scripture that talks about so in 10 or 11. I think it's 11. But it says, when the clouds are full of rain. They empty themselves upon the earth. Did you know that clouds, it doesn't rain until the clouds are full of rain? Because there's little, there's droplets that come down that don't make it, in, don't make it to earth. They, 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 they uh, burn up in the atmosphere. They evaporate, that's the word, thank you. They evaporate. But when the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon it. And it's like you're sowing, you're sowing, you're sowing, you're sowing. And then one day, it gets full of rain. And then it empties itself. And you're like, whoa, how'd that happen? Like, my God, you know. It's because of your continued sowing. Don't happen overnight. And so here I say, see, Jesus shows us two major keys to answer prayer. That is the fact that you have to be persistent in prayer. And that you should never, ever quit praying. When it comes to prayer, persistence is the key to success. As the scripture states, we must ask and keep on asking. We got to seek and keep on seeking, and we got to knock and keep on knocking. It is the persistence that pays off for you. Now, again, you see, the devil will try to make you think that your prayers aren't working or that they're not being heard or that you're wasting your time. But that's only because he wants you to stop praying. That's it. That's his only agenda. I just want them to stop praying because if they keep praying, they're going to get what they're looking for. I said, never forget this. The only thing that will ever stop you from reaping is quitting. That's why the devil wants you to quit so bad. He knows that he can't stop you from reaping. But if he can stop you from praying, if he can stop you from giving, if he can stop you from sowing, whatever, then he can stop you. He knows that you'll stop yourself. You know, if you look at the story of Balak and Balaam, now Balaam is this prophet for hire and stuff like that, you know, and, they, and Balak hires him to curse Israel. And here he is up here, you know, <laughs> and, you know, he got some kind of connection with God because God is speaking to him, right? And he tells him, you can't, you can't bless what I curse. Well, I mean, you can't curse what I bless. You know, you can't curse without bless. And, and, and Balaam tells Balak this, you know, multiple times. He's shutting up altars and doing all of this stuff. And he says, look, I can And this is where we get the scripture. God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he make it he'll make it good. And he says, I gave him a commandment for you to bless Israel. And he can't be cursed. And that's the bottom line, right? Now, what I want to get to is this. After all of that happens, ba- Balaam takes Balak to the side. After God tells him you can't curse him, you know, he takes Balak to the side and he begins to teach Balak how to get Israel to curse themselves. <laughs> and they start sending these women from Moab over there 
And they start messing around with these false gods and start having all of this crazy illicit sex and stuff like that. And they open up a door to the curse to themselves. They were blessed until they start messing around with the devil. Then they open up the door for the enemy to walk in. And I want you to know today, see, you're blessed. You can't be cursed. You need to understand that. But you can open up the door to curses in your life. You start walking on the wild side, start messing around with the devil, start playing games and stuff like that and doing your own thing. As long as you stay under God's protective umbrella, there is no devil, no witch that can curse you. And see, see, that's why, see, even those things. See, that's why when we read that scripture earlier, we had to throw off every weight and the sin. And the sin. So you can't be living like the devil and think you're going to get God's blessings on your life. You can't be doing that. So you got to get rid of the weights. Get rid of the sin. Don't be distracted. Stay focused. All of these things are distractions. The devil is throwing these things at you to distract you. I got to keep moving, man, because I got to get ready. I got to get ready here. You guys getting something out of this? All right. With that being said, if you really want something to happen or change in your life or in your world, you got to commit yourself to consistently praying for it. You got to commit yourself to it. Again, this is not something that happens overnight. You got to commit yourself. You got to set your face like Flint and, com and, com and completely set your face towards praying for this thing until you see a change. You got some crazy, you know, son or daughter or something like that. You can't lose. You can't let them go. You got to keep praying until God does something there. You know, I was living like the devil and my mother's prayers lassoed me. <laughs> I was doing my thing, man, stealing cars, doing all this stupid stuff. And my mother's prayer said, bring his tail over here. <laughs> and one day I was crying at the altar. <laughs> it ain't happened overnight. Acting crazy, punching holes in walls. I was full of the devil. <laughs> doing all this crazy stuff, you know. It's crazy, man. Full of the devil. You know, but she kept praying. That's the thing. You, gotta, you, can't let, you can't let that thing loosen so you see change. You got to commit yourself to it. And I put it here, when we make effort and cry out day and night in prayer to God for change, then we will start seeing the results we're looking for. See, people are lazy, man. They don't, want, they, don't, they don't want to spend time in prayer asking for God to change things. They'd rather call a psychic and get their palm read or something like that instead of going to God for wisdom and asking him, what should I do in this situation? You start seeking God, he'll start answering your questions. You start asking God, man, he'll start directing you. But people want illegitimate knowledge. They don't want something from God. Uh, you guys looking at me strange. <laughs> and I'll put it here. See, everything that I've been consistent and persistent about in prayer, I've received it. Every single thing. Anything, however, that I treated lackadaisically, it never manifested. Anything I committed myself, I'm a, I'm a, any, I always, anything I've set my face to, I'm going to get my hands on that. Anything I've made up my mind, I'm going to get my, and I prayed for that thing, and I, and I did what God told me to do. See, it's not just praying for things, it's obedient, obeying God. Because if you pray, God will speak to you, and he'll tell you, do this. You want that? Do this. When I was struggling financially, God started speaking to me, he said, you need to handle, you start handling your money right. I'm not going to give you money. I'll give you, I'm going to teach you how to manage your money. That's, the, that's your problem. See, God will start giving you direction. He'll start giving you wisdom. And then you got to apply it. And then, little by little, you'll start coming out of that hole that you've been in. But you got to commit yourself. I'm, I'm going to change this thing. See, if you don't like your life, change it. <laughs> 
Whatever you don't like in your life. See, every year I do a self-examination. I look at every area of my life. I want to see, you know, my relationship with God. How's that? My relationship with my family, my career, my ministry, everything. How, how, was, how are these things? And then if something is not working the way I want it to, I got to commit myself to changing that. I got to fix that. I got to jump on that this year. Because at the end of every year, I want to see change. All right. Turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 26, verses 19 through 21. I really feel like God is speaking, you know. I feel the Holy Ghost, man. I believe God is speaking here, you know. And I want to tell you something, you know. Never, nobody ever says success is going to be easy. Because if it was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody would be able to do it. See, success is reserved for, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's why the Bible calls us peculiar people. Because <laughs> it's not reserved for ordinary. It's not reserved for the average. Because, again, if everybody could do it, then everybody would do it. Now everybody has an opportunity to. But not everybody's going to commit themselves to doing what it takes to be successful. So let me show you this. In Genesis chapter 26, verses 19 through 21. Now, you know, so, so here's Isaac, right? Isaac is just, he's experienced a famine. Much like the famine in his father experienced, Abraham, right? But God gives them different instructions. And again, that's why I say you got to be, so you got to listen to what God is saying to you. So when, when Abraham goes through a famine, he goes to Egypt. <laughs> but this time, when Isaac experienced a famine, Isaac, God tells Isaac, don't go down to Egypt. He says, stay here and I'll bless you. And he stays there. You know, he obeys God. And then the Bible says he sowed in that year. He sowed seed. And in that year, he received 100 times as much. <laughs> here he is. It's a famine going on. Everybody got to be looking at him like, you're crazy. You're not going to reap no harvest. You're doing sowing seed. Because he, he, because he stayed where God told him to stay. And he sowed where God told him to sow. And the Bible says when he sowed that seed, famine or not, he reaped 100 times as much. Every seed that he sowed produced 100 more. And the Bible says and he got blessed. Man, he started, and the Philistines started envying him. And now this is kind of where we're picking up the story, Genesis 26, 19 through 21. It says, but when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of flowing spring water, it said the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying the water's ours. <laughs> the Bible says, so Isaac named the well Esek, which means quarreling, because they quarreled with him over it. And it says, then his servants dug another well. And they quarreled over that also. So Isaac named it Sitna, which means enmity. Or they had became an enemy against them. Now, again, nobody ever said that success is going to be an easy road. Success comes with many, many challenges and a great deal of opposition. See, I want to teach you something today. Make no mistakes. Starting your own thing is not going to be easy. Again, if it was, everybody would be doing it. Everybody would be successful if success was easy. But it's not. It takes many years of hard work. <laughs> it takes the ability to not quit when things don't go your way. In this case, after all the extremely hard, hard work and the great deal of effort that it took to dig a well and find water, these guys, the herdsmen of Gerar, quarreled with him over it and said it's ours. They took away from him all the hard work he did. And they take it away from him. And I put here, see, he then gives up a successful well to men that didn't even put the first shovel in the ground. And he moves on. And I put here, have you ever had something taken away from you that you worked hard for? See, that's enough, enough tragedy right there for anybody to quit and give up. But the Bible says that Isaac, he tries again. He digs another well. 
And after a while, he finds more water. But the same thing happens to him. They take the credit for all of his hard work. But Isaac doesn't fight. And more importantly, he doesn't quit. He just digs another well. <laughs> See, one thing that you have to understand is that the enemy will fight you tooth and toenail to stop you from succeeding in life. Oh, he's going to fight you. But if you keep fighting and you keep pushing and you keep digging, sooner or later you're going to hit success. So you can't give up because the devil is fighting you and trying to stop you. See, again, if success was easy, everybody would do it. It's hard work, man. It takes a lot, a lot of effort, and a lot of disappointment. If you're going to be successful, you're going to go through some stuff. But if you keep digging, you're going to find success. And so let's skip down to Genesis 26, verses 20 through to 25. And it says there, I love it, he moved away from there. Or he got away from the negativity and the people that were causing the strife. And he dug another well. And he said, and they did not quarrel over that one. So he named it Rehoboth, which means broad places. Love that. Saying, for now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be prosperous, or we will be fruitful in the land. <laughs> then he went up from there to Beersheba, and the Bible says the Lord appeared to him that same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless and favor you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. And the Bible says, so Isaac built an altar there and called it by the name of the Lord in prayer. And he pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. Now skip down to verse 32, and I'll finish this up right here. Now on the same day, Isaac's servants came and told him about the well they had dug, saying, we have found water. So he named it, well, Sheba, which means well of abundance. <laughs> Therefore, the name of the place is called Beersheba to this day. Now, see, this time, bottom line is he finds real success. He digs a well, and no one bothers him over it. See, in this instance, we learn several lessons. First, you have to move away from the negativity and negative people. See, the first two wells that Isaac dug were in the same general area. <laughs> then the Bible says he moved away from there and dug another well. See, we talked about this before, but one of the keys to success is to get away from dream killers and from dream stealers. <laughs> Every time Isaac did something that worked, the dream stealers tried to take it away from him. So Isaac moved away from the dream stealers, and he dug another well. And listen, number two is this. We learn from this story, this story, this success and easy, easy, and easy, right? If you want it, you're going to have to fight for it, and you're going to have to earn it. Things are not always going to work for you. And not always going to work the way you plan it to work. And you can't give up on it because it doesn't, especially if you want to be successful. Third lesson to this is we learn that if you keep digging, you keep searching until you find the place that God has for you, you're going to hit pay dirt. Apparently, for whatever reason, although Isaac found wells that worked, they weren't positioned in the place of God's blessing and favor for him. When he found the place, he named it Rehoboth. Broad places. I love that. Saying, for now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be prosperous, or we shall be fruitful in the land. Now, I'll put here, what you're looking for is the place where God wants you to be. That place is a broad place. See, God don't put you in no little place. God puts you in a broad place. He enlarges your territory. It's a place where God has made room for you to grow, to prosper, and to be successful. The goal for us is to find that place. See, there's a place. And again, that's why prayer is so important. Prayer will lead you to the place. Prayer will provide you with direction. See, the, good, the steps of a good man, they are ordered of the Lord. 
And if we acknowledge him in all our ways, he'll begin to direct our paths. He'll begin to show us the place that he has for us. And that place is not a little place. That place is a broad place, a place where you can stretch out, <laughs> a space where you can start enjoying life. That's what God wants to do for you. And that's why you got to keep digging. That's why you got to keep, you, you can't give up because it didn't work right the first time. You got to keep digging until you find and you hit pay dirt. Eventually, if you keep digging, you're going to find a place. See, and that, the problem with to us too many times is that we give up too fast. But right before we hit pay dirt, we give up. We stop. You know, we let the devil convince us that we're not, we're wasting our time. After, for most people, if they would have dug one well and somebody took it from them, they'd be finished. But he digs another well. And the same thing happens to him. But he still doesn't give up. See, again, success is not for the average. You have to continue putting that shovel in the ground until you hit the place called success. And if you don't give up, you're going to find it. Don't you ever quit. Don't you ever give up on God. Because God is saying, see, I'm telling you right now. God is telling you right now. If you'll stay focused. If you'll keep digging. If you'll keep pressing forward. You're going to find a place called success. Don't give up. Don't quit. God has a broad place for you. He has a broad place for you. He has a well of abundance for you if you'll stay focused. See, it's, it's reserved for those that will fight off the distractions. Looking away from everything that will distract, focusing your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, staying focused. That's where I'm going. Am I worrying about what's happening over here? That's where I'm going. If you keep doing that, you're going to get there. Can you say amen? amen. Now I wanna, I'm going to finish right here. I got I, one more thing I'll, sh I'll share with you and I'm going to finish. I want you to know this last thing. And you can get on that piano. It's not over until it's over. It's going to be it. 2 Kings chapter 20 verses 1 through 6. I want you to know, see again, never stop praying. It's not over until it's over. 2 Kings chapter 20 verses 1 through 6. It, sa it says, in those days... When Sennacherib first invaded Judah, Hezekiah became deathly ill. And a prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came and said to him, Thus saith the Lord, get your house in order, for you shall die and not live. My God, man. See, we're talking, I want you to understand something. We're talking about the prophet Isaiah. <laughs> we're talking about a major prophet. We're not talking about somebody who's calling himself a prophet. We're talking about Isaiah the prophet. And he walked inside the king's home. He laying down on the bed. I mean cold, man. He walks in there. Get your house in order. You're going to die and not live. He walks out. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, you know people want to, you know, you know, Isaiah, you're, how you feeling? You okay? You know, you're none of that. <laughs> oh, you don't look so good. You know, can I do anything for you? Fluff your pillow. Nothing, none of that stuff. Get your house in order. You're going to die and not live. He turn around and walks out. <laughs> I mean, real, real prophet, man. You're talking about cold, man. And the Bible says, um, then Hezekiah, see, he hears this. He know this the word from, that's a word from God, man. This ain't, he ain't make, this ain't no word from Isaiah. This is a word from God, man. He knows it. And the Bible says, then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. That's what I want to say. It's not over till it's over. Saying, please, O Lord, remember now with compassion how I have walked before you in faithfulness and truth and with a whole heart entirely devoted to you. I mean, he's going in, man. And have done what is good in your sight. And the Bible says, and Hezekiah wept bitterly. And I hear now Hezekiah's walking out. He's out of there, man. He just put the game in the word of the Lord. He's gone. The Bible says, before Isaiah had gone out of the middle courtyard, the word of the Lord came to him saying, go back. <laughs> Tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. <laughs> Behold, I am healing you 
on the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life and save you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. <laughs> and I will protect the city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. See, I want you to know, see, it, it ain't never over. The, again, this is, the, this is the prophet Isaiah walks into the room. This is a done deal for him. He's finished, man. I mean, he could have just curled up and died at that moment because he got the word of the Lord from the prophet Isaiah. But the Bible says he turned his face to the wall. See, you know, I go in hospitals. People are sick and stuff like that. They're watching TV. You know, they're, they're listening to some junk or whatever, you know. And, you know, here I am to come to pray for him. I'm competing with the TV. I'm like, cut that thing off. See, when he hears this bad news, he ain't turn no TV on. <laughs> he turns his face to the wall. That means that he turns everything off. He cuts the phone off, logs off Facebook, <laughs> turns the TV off, and he starts praying to the only one that can turn this thing around. Because, again, he got a, this is a word from God. I want you to know it's never over until you quit. Stop messing around. Turn your face to the wall and start praying and believing God. Because God is the only one that can. He said, I, I heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. And I'm going to have 15 years because God is the only one that could do it at that point. If you're in an impossible situation, our God is the God of the impossible. He can turn around a situation that seems like it'll never turn around. So stop messing around, turn your face to the wall, and believe God. Cry out. See, that's why, that's what, it goes back to the beginning when Jesus says, you know, men ought always to pray. Never give up. Never quit. Will not our just judge answer his elect who is crying out to him day and night? See, we need to learn how to be persistent with prayer. And start crying out day and night for things to happen. I tell you right now, see, most people will never receive what I'm saying right now because they will not do what it takes in order to get answers from God. All right. All right, I'm getting ready to close right here. But if you ain't received nothing else today, I want you to receive this. Never quit. Never quit. Never give up. Never let the enemy talk you out of the things that God has for you. Never let him tell you. See, when the devil starts talking, all he can speak is lies. So you should always know that when the devil starts talking to you, everything that's coming out of his mouth is a lie. That means the opposite is true. If he says you're never going to make it, that means you're going to make it. If he tells you I'm going to kill you, that means you're going to live and not die. You know, whatever he tells you is a lie. So the, the, the truth is the opposite. Never agree with the lies of the devil. Stay focused. Stay focused. Can you say amen? Lift your hands to the Lord. We're going to get ready to close here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to each and every one of us. I really believe that you have given us a word and season. And Father, I pray in Jesus' mighty name that you will begin to that you will begin to start turning things around for the people of God. And I pray that you'll grant us the grace to receive everything that you said today, that we won't quit, that we won't give up, and that we'll stay focused, that we'll stop looking around to things that are trying to distract us and focus our eyes on Jesus. He is the author, the finisher of our faith. He is the, our great example, the one that we look to to see how to live this life because he perfectly did it and showed us exactly what to do when we're faced with Situations that will make us want to quit. 
And Father, we just thank you. We bless you. We give you all the glory. We give you praise and honor. I thank you, Father, for the precious people of God. And I pray that you'll give us the fortitude, the grace, the power to never, ever quit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now listen, if you're here today, you're watching live, you've never given your life to Jesus, and you want to do that today, I want to pray for you. I don't want to ever close the service without giving you an opportunity to give your heart to the Lord. If you're here today, you're, you've never given your life to Jesus, or you're backslidden and you know you are and you want to get it right with God, I want to pray for you. You can stand up on your feet. If you're watching live, you're watching on YouTube later, if, you, if you're never giving your life to Jesus, or if you're backslidden and you don't want to do that, you want to give your life to the Lord today, I want to pray for you. And we're going to all just pray this simple prayer together. You know, it may be somebody watching right now. We're going to pray together. And let's just say this prayer together. I want you to say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe in my heart. Confess with my mouth that you died for my sins. And you rose from the dead to make me right with God. Now, Heavenly Father, I accept the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. Come into my heart. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's just give Jesus a praise. Amen, 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 amen. To God be the glory. The Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you, be gracious and merciful and kind to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his holy peace. In Jesus' matchless name. Or everybody say, I'm blessed and I can't be cursed. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. I love you. Have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. We have service on Thursday, 5 p.m., uh, our Bible study. And uh, my wife and I, we love you much. Have a great, 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 great day. God bless you.